Tonight, we come together to remember, to witness, and to celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. This year, celebrating that birth is a much different experience than it may have been for us in years past. Many of us haven't been to our church in some time, and it leaves Advent feeling much more disconnected than usual. Others haven't been to church in much longer than that, and for reasons that go well beyond the pandemic. Others still may be coming to church for the first time. Wherever it is that you find yourself, I want you to know that you are welcome here, now, in this space. Together, we will experience the birth of the Savior as friends, as a family. I hope that as we talk about the why, the what, and the how of the Christmas story, that you might find some place for yourself in this story too. Because the story of God is deeply connected to our own stories. John 1, 1 to 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people, the light that shines in darkness, and darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God, whose name was John, who was a witness to testify the light, so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but he came to testify the light, the true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, but the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who have received him, who have believed his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but God. And the world became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. So this is what distinguishes Christianity as a faith, I think. I mean, sure, we have history and traditions. Sure, we've got mysticism and morality and all sorts of ideas about what's right and what's wrong in the world and in our own lives. Sometimes, if we're lucky, those ideas kind of track with the Bible a little bit. But, you know, everybody's got that. What we have, what's unique to us, is this God of creation. A God that is above all, in all, and through all. The very essence of life itself, but who nevertheless loves us so much that this God desired to be known by us just as God knows us. And in that desire to know us so intimately, God became one of us, warts and all. God became fully human. 
and suffered the worst that could be suffered, not out of some academic interest, not out of some great requirement to satisfy the dictates of honor or sin, but out of a desire to know and be known, to love and be loved by you, God's beloved creation, in whom God is very well pleased indeed. That's why Christmas happens, and that's why we have hope. Luke 2, verses 1 through 7, the birth of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration, and it was taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. All went to their own towns to be registered. Joseph also went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David called Bethlehem, because he was descended from the house and family of David. He went to be registered with Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for her to deliver her child. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in bands of cloth, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. When the moment came, that great, that wonderful moment where the divine touchdown in reality, it didn't come to us at our best. God's advent into the world didn't happen at the shiniest place, in the comfiest or most loving home, amidst the best doctors, or even in the best period of time in world history. God didn't come to a loving traditional nuclear family with an experienced and employed husband, an impossibly capable wife, and 2.5 children. No. God came into this world to a cold, screaming, unwed teenage mother and her fiancé camping out in a barn because there wasn't anywhere else they could go. God came into this world to a family that would soon become refugees in a foreign country. God came into this world through a woman who would soon be a widow and whose son she would eventually outlive. God embraces our suffering, embraces our pain, and embraces our faults and our failings. God does not turn away from us because we are broken, but comes to us in our darkest times, in the worst parts of our lives, and chooses to share that experience with us. That is what happens on Christmas. That is what love truly is. Matthew 1 verses 18 through 25, the birth of Jesus the Messiah. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way, when his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph. But before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary 
as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. The story of Jesus' birth here in the Gospel of Matthew is great if you're looking for just the details of how it happened. I mean, you can tell by that first line. The birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. But what's amazing here is that this kind of no-nonsense, simple account of the how of Jesus' birth, it doesn't begin with the decision made by the Almighty, the shaking of the foundations of the world, or even Mary's amazing choice to heed that great and terrible calling that God had placed on her. No. Where Matthew starts is with the decision that Joseph makes. Finding Mary pregnant, he prepares to do what his culture demands in that situation. He prepares to send her away. Now, Joseph is a good man, of course, so he prepares to do this in a way that is much kinder, more compassionate than was common at the time, but he's still preparing to do what his culture says he should do. But then, he listens to the Lord, who tells him that no matter how compassionately he might choose to follow his culture's practices, is still not the right thing to do. God's way is higher than that. God's way is better than that. God's way will definitely involve more suffering, ridicule, and a lot worse. But in the end, God's way is the only one that leads to change. It all starts with this choice, the choice to place Christ over culture, rather than to do the wrong thing lovingly, the choice to do the right thing, no matter the cost. That's how Christmas happens. No matter how hard the path, joy comes along the way when we walk it with God. Psalm 146. Praise for God's help. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals, in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. 
The Lord loves the righteousness. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord! The Christmas story coming in December always makes it feel like an ending. But it, it's really not. It's actually a beginning. The story of our faith begins here, and it goes out into the world. Of course, this story isn't just the story of God, not really. It's the story of our walk with God. So the question that has to be on our mind is, where does that story go from here? Well, if we are to walk with God, then we are meant to ignore princes, set the prisoners free, lift up those who are bowed down, watch over all those in need of watching over, because that is who God is. We see that in the Christmas story, the story of a creator God who comes down into our brokenness, into our pain and in our misery. We see that in the small choices that we and others make every day. The choices to do the right thing over the easy thing. We see God in every choice that lays before us. The choice to walk with God by doing justice and loving kindness. From here, the Christmas story takes us out into a broken world to set things right in big ways and in small ways, to put a little bit more of God's peace into the world with everything we say and do. So tonight, we celebrate the birth of Christ. We celebrate God with us, part of that broken and imperfect story of our lives. But that story begins here and goes out from here. It's up to us to take that story and write it in the world to lift up the oppressed, to heal the broken, and to love unconditionally. As this story continues with you tonight, and in every night from here, may Christ be with you and beside you always. The story is yours to write. Let's make it a good one.
Thank you.